Well, hello there. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. I'm using my hanging out at night at home voice because it's nighttime and I'm hanging out at home. Usually here on the Burning Tarot podcast, our deal is that we take a walk, usually out into Chutes National Forest here in Central Oregon. We draw our tarot card and we have a little chit-chat, a little woo-woo. Maybe we throw in a little astrology. We talk about the birds and the crunching leaves and, and whatever we find out there. In recent months, we've had a few more indoor, close-to-home podcasts. Sometimes due to weather, sometimes due to some health issues that I'm dealing with. But today, tonight, I just really felt like it was time to pull a card. And it's nighttime. And it's snowing out there. And it's very cold, which I really know because I tried to use these bath salts tonight and they were scented and the scent was horrible and the whole house was stinky. We opened the windows and tried to use a fan to get that smell out of here. And so I was like literally blowing snowflakes into my room. And that's when I realized, yeah, it is cold out there. So, sorry, no nature goodness this time around, but we can still draw our card. We are using the Dali Tarot tonight. This is a wonderful tarot deck painted by Salvador Dali, the extravagant, eccentric, you know, super groovy, twirly, mustachioed, um, sort of late surrealist painter, highly influential on psychedelic culture and many other things. So uh, his deck, though, you know, his image is a little bit of, you know, he's always depicted, you know, popping out his big round eyes and twirling his crazy mustache and, you know, all that wackadoodliness is great. I love me a good eccentric. Some would argue that I am among them, those eccentrics. And hey, I would not try to deny it. Anywho, the point I was trying to make is that he was actually quite an artist. And he painted a mean tarot deck. I used to have a different edition of it, uh, one of the numbered editions from early on. And due to toxic mold illness, I had to let that one go. It is now in the possession of someone I love very much, so that's good. But I was sad to leave it, and therefore delighted when earlier, uh, not I guess last year, 2023, my friend DWL, who may be listening to this, I don't know, busy international businessman, may not be listening at all. Anyway, he saw this new edition, a Tashin edition, super fancy purple velvet box and all this craziness it's gorgeous uh and i don't remember where he was somewhere in europe uh and so he sent me a copy just as a just as a present and um and isn't that lovely it really is lovely so i once again possess a copy of salvador dali's extraordinary tarot deck it's delightful it called out to me tonight for our card, which will take us through the next week or so. 
that's how we do it on burning tarot we don't really know how long this is going to last it'll carry us through to our next card i might draw that next week we might take a walk in two days it might be three weeks we just kind of don't know we roll with the the whatevers all right people let us all take a nice deep breath together And let it out. Let's do it again. Let's feel our bodies like accordions filling with air. And this air, you can feel it from your pelvis to your neck, through your back and your kidneys and your whole entire torso. Your shoulders, your butt, everything feels like it's full of air that you can... Slowly let it out. And that's really nice. Sometimes we forget to take those nice big deep breaths. I was trained to do that in musical practice and uh, theater when I was very young. So to me it comes quite naturally, but I've noticed that for some people it's really hard to do. Um, because whatever, in our culture, if you're not in a yoga class or something, you're typically being shown or encouraged or just subtly taught to breathe up in your chest chests are good but i feel like these big deep belly back etc breaths can just clear some cobwebs and now that my cobwebs are presumably cleared i draw us a card my friends here we go what do we have well i can't even believe it this is so great we have the four of staves. It can't really be, can it? I have to take this to a better light. I'm not that familiar with this deck anymore. Oh, it is. Look at that. How lovely. They've made it a little confusing. He's painted a couple of kind of long, tall, forked wands, which are holding a banner. But the green staves, or staffs, or wands, or rods, call them what you will, they represent fire, the element of fire. Um, so in his deck, the staves are typically green, and so they're behind these other kind of brownish forked things. That's why I got a little confused there. Uh, we have a woman and a man and another, I don't know, maybe a man, non-binary person. They are dancing. They are bedecked in their finery. They are wearing, you know, kind of 18th century looking stuff, maybe even earlier than that. Um, one of the men has a fine hat and is playing some kind of pipe. It reminds me of those, of like a bagpipe or the Irish sort of equivalent pipe where you're pressing the air through it. Another man is simply dancing with hands on his hips. The woman is holding one of the wands. Floating up above them, we see a book. The book is open so that we can see its contents. 
notes lying flat. It appears to be a musical score. Down below them, I do not know what this is. We have two more brown, short stick-ish carved object things, one of which is sprouting roots. And these are angular. These look very, you know, 90 degree man-made-ish. And they're holding, um, I don't know, perhaps a screen that is black and painted upon it um, are some flowery, leafy images. So hey, 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 let's hear it for the four of wands, four of staves, four of staffs, four of whatever you want to call these guys. All right, so I mentioned that this is fire. What happens with fire? What happens with our wands? Well, fire is an initiating energy. It likes to start things. It gets us out of bed in the morning. This is one of its primary roles in the sort of human interaction with the element is to just get your butt moving, to um, manufacture enough motivation to like do anything. Uh, If you've ever been severely depressed or smoked too much marijuana for too long or whatever, you've probably experienced this like, it's not quite lethargy. Um, Sorry, I had to sip some figs in port. Mm, Delicious. Um, It's more kind of paralyzed and unmotivated than just plain lethargy, you know? really hard to drag oneself out of such things. When we finally do, you know, we finally wake up and come back, that energy that's waking us up and we are coming back, uh, that's our fire energy. Uh, I don't think we have an element (laughs) in the tarot and the woo-woo world that's focused on that depressed, not moving at all energy. Um, I guess earth gets that way sometimes, but, uh, fire is its opposite. In the fire journey in the tarot, so this is the minor arcana, also known known as the pips. And there's a little story or journey that you can consider that goes from the ace card, super powerful ace of wands, kaboom, a hand holding a wand, you know, from heaven. And then it noodles along and goes through different processes, has kind of a bummer trip on the five of wands, gets really conflicted uh, at the seven of wands, you know. um, And the wands, like the swords, present us with kind of a bummer card at the end of that journey. So when you get to your ten of wands, part of your working with your fire energy, fire energy is also very magical. It's masculine, outward-facing, go, go, go energy. You know, let's start something new, let's make some stuff happen. And the end of that cycle is, is a card where somebody's weighed down by all those big old staffs they're carrying. Uh, so it's not all happy going. It's not all like um, because fire contains that motivational energy, we shouldn't assume that all these cards are going to be happy cards. They're not. 
they quite run the gamut. But the Four of Wands, the Quatre de Baton, is just delightful. It is happy. It is about these people enjoying music, enjoying the the real flow of sensuality of their bodies, of sound, of instruments. I mean, instruments are, are... Musical instruments are like a kind of wand in themselves. They are an incredible magical object that immediately changes everything around. Uh, If you play them, then you probably know. Uh, You can transform the mood of a room or of your own self much quicker by singing or picking up a guitar, playing a certain song uh, on the piano than by sitting around and doing some far more, you know, impressive-looking ritual at your altar. Music just contains change in it. It contains flow. It contains melody. And the players and the dancers kind of work together and sometimes against each other. So there's this tug, this joyful tug back and forth. You know, if you've ever danced where there's a really good DJ spinning, they totally see what's going on with you out there on the dance floor, and ooh, they make it happen. Live musicians, you know, at some show, they're just clicked in with you. And this card is more intimate, right? There's the woman, the man dancing, the man who's playing music, also dancing. I mean, he doesn't look like he's just standing there playing. And he's looking over at the other dude. So everybody's really engaged with each other here. And that's how music works. That's how dancing, performing, improvising, and playing, that is how they work. So throughout the Dali deck, and certainly in this card, there's an emphasis on creativity and creations and art and making which I think is appropriate because I know a lot of our burning tarot listeners are writers artists activists who also write amazing stuff (laughs) you know um and creators of various stripes creative folks so this is a fun deck for us to use sometimes um We're encouraged here to really embody ourselves, to be embodied in our bodies. Our bodies are these kind of resonating chambers for music, for voice, for dance. Um, He's made the music so prominent here. So it's, they're enjoying what they're doing and then floating over their heads is the kind of loftier notion of um, writing music out on staffs. Maybe that's a little pun there because this suit of wands is also known as staffs and there's a musical staff. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, But you don't really have to follow the score. You can play other stuff as well. We talked a little bit about this whole, you know, journey of the wands business where we start with the ace of wands Brand new, super powerful, magical, magical energy. 
And then we kind of follow a course up until we get to the 10, which is a moment of transformation that's pretty heavy. So this four, obviously, comes between the three and the five. Three of wands. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's, uh, there are different ways of interpreting this. This card, typically, it's like a merchant overlooking his ships, and there's a lot of practicality to that one. You know, you gotta take care of your business, make sure you're counting your ships and your money, paying attention to what's going on, um, and. And you got to commit to something. You know, you got to figure out what it is you're committing to and how to do it properly. There's a sense of longing to the card or maybe like having to have patience. Uh, in the Dali, they interpret the Three of Wands as prudence. And I think it's that way in some other decks too. I don't, I don't necessarily lean that way. But you can picture yourself being in a phase where you're like, you're being careful. You're counting your stuff. You're taking inventory. You're thinking about long journeys, but you're not on them. And then boom, now you're in the four of wands. Whoa, you are dancing. You are making music. You are reveling. I mean, why the hell not? You get the chance. And because we're smart and a lot of us are, you know, middle-aged <laughs> or older, we understand that these moments, these periods of time where we feel like that, for most of us, that's not an everyday occurrence. Most of us just don't live that way. And maybe that uh, suggests some <laughs> great failing on our part. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were in full celebratory mode all the time? But we're not. We find ways to greet our creative and celebratory selves. We go to a dance class. We go out partying or dancing all night. We listen to that DJ and we shake our booties. We go to that live music. Maybe we get on stage and make our own music. I got to go to a women's songwriting circle the other night. That was fantastic. I cannot tell you how much I needed that. Um... So, we do our stuff, and for most of us in our modern lives, it's not just, you know, spontaneously occurring all the time. We have to weave it in. We have to take the time. And maybe we have to be open so that when it is not planned, it's not on the schedule, we didn't buy a ticket, we're just there. Uh, dogs and children really help with this, you know. If you're visiting your grandchild and she starts dancing and laughing and throwing sand, you know, you have options. You can say, no, no, sand bad. Or you can say, hey, let's dance in the sand. Distract her from the throwing. Take off your shoes. Get in the sandbox. So part of this is kind of circumstantial. When this card comes up, it says, hey. This happens to be a time where this is going to be available to you in the next week or so. And maybe you could put a little effort into helping this groovy, fun, musical, dancing, creative vibe emerge out of yourself. Really let it shine. And then when those opportunities rise, 
go, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the fun part. But this isn't kind of dumb fun, (laughs) you know, this is, this is wondrous. Like there is a wonderment to our very existence to the fact that we were created by whatever processes made that happen or whatever, you know, God people or whatever you want to imagine that, you know, we're here and this is kind of astonishing. And what are things that we can only do in these particular bodies? What is something that you enjoy that has a sensory quality to it that is only available to you because of who you are right now in this body in this lifetime what is creative what makes you want to move what brings joy opening up to those experiences should give us all a pretty groovy week or two you know and it may just be like one day for two hours where you're able to access this part of yourself. That's a lot better than just like not accessing it at all, you know? Um, one thing that also comes around with the Four of Wands in, in some interpretive traditions is that this celebratory quality, celebration, creation, all that, you know, all the groovy goodness part of what we need to do when we draw this card is not be petty, not be small, not be caught up in the kind of crummy aspects of everyday interactions with other people, certainly of the news cycle. Um, There's always going to be something to be bothered by, to need to fix there will always be someone who needs saving. There will always be some war that you think you need to be on this side of or that side of. And there will always be petty bickering uh, anytime there are humans gathered together. So if you're involved in a religious organization, a uh, group of geologists, um, you know, uh, an academic environment, a church, um, a nonprofit. Sometimes this card will come up to remind us that, yeah, all the little squabbles and little thises and thats, oh, and families too, for sure. Uh, All the squabbly little petty things will most certainly arise, and we don't have to, (coughs) we don't have to cough, but I do have to cough. I have a, I still have that throat and lung thing going on, you guys. (coughs) You just have to put up with me. Um, you know, we have the choice. We can say, okay, I'm going to step back from this. How engaged in this do I really want to be? I'm going to go dance now, or I'm going to write this score, or I'm going to pick up this instrument and play. Uh, That transition can be difficult. It's interesting to me that we drew this tonight because I had this experience tonight earlier. Um, I had, I've gotten back on social media in the last year and I don't know if that's really a good idea. 
certainly it's bringing me a lot of tarot clients, so that helps support this podcast. But um, in terms of having Facebook around in my life, I'm really quite uncertain about it. And so what I do is I typically go on for a day, maybe two or three days, <clears throat> where I'm re-logging in and joining in conversations. And I like the deeper conversations where we start getting into it. But anything you start getting into can get pretty, you know, awkward or very conflicted. I'm to sip some of that port fig juice. <clears throat> So earlier, I had gone back on Facebook for the first time in, I don't know, six days and followed up on some deeper conversations that I had either jumped into or that I had started. These are issues that matter to me. I am very concerned about the fact that a lot of people that I know that used to be into uh, critical thinking and deep intellectual conversations, uh, you know, and, and questioning. Like, that's how we were trained. That's what made you an intellectual. That's what made you a writer, is <laughs> that so you could think and you could question. If you couldn't do that, then why the hell were you even bothering to write essays and stuff? And the culture has completely changed. And so if you have some kind of rogue idea, uh, you're kind of rounded out of town and then you feel like you have to go you know join the Trump brigade or something like Naomi Wolf because your own people are, have grown so intolerant you can't even have a conversation or make a mistake so i'm finding that really troubling but you know mostly i don't talk about it because i don't want to be tarred and feathered and run out of town either you know but i had gone ahead and and worked some some of that conversation out, talked about things I'm concerned about. So I came back and, you know, of course, the men were mansplaining to me about how those cisgender women over there shouldn't have their feelings about J.K. Rowling or whatever. And it felt good to know that I was standing up for things I believed in. As a writer, that was always so important to me to really challenge myself and really have the ovaries, balls, or whatever hormonal type of thing you want to say to just have that courage. I pushed myself to the edge over and over, often discussing kind of confessional issues that today are, are you know, who cares, right? They're like Me Too uh, rape stories and harassment stories. But back when I was doing that first, people weren't doing that, you know, normal people. There was no social media. So all of these, um, you know, when I jump into something like that, I don't want to imply that it's petty. I'm telling you all these details because, look, this is important to me as a person. And the idea of people being able to engage on subjects where they disagree or maybe don't even really disagree, but just you want to kind of hear the multiple points of view that might be out there, even if you haven't decided to agree, to agree with anything yet. Real big deal for me. Um, so the Four of Wands 
might pull me away from that conflict. That conflict is more like a five of wands or probably even more like a seven of wands thing. It's coming up later in this cycle. But the four of wands says, take a freaking break. You know, the fight will be there later. You'll get to the five of wands and you'll get into it with somebody again. Or you'll have some play fighting. It'll be amusing argumentation. And then you'll get to the seven of wands and then the the fight will be getting pretty hard, but you'll be getting the upper hand, hopefully, if you can stay up there. So the idea of being on a path or a journey that takes us from ace to ten can be very useful in the same way that the major arcana cycle is useful. Imagining oneself to be on some kind of hero's journey. And the hero's journey itself has been up for some very serious and well-deserved criticism, but still a fun concept to play with. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of our astrological stories unfold in the same way. You know, you get your natal chart and and you look at transits that are going to happen in your life. If you stay alive, you're going to have your Saturn return. And if you stay alive some more, you're going to have your second Saturn return. So you know it's not all going to be pretty. It's not all going to be fun all the time. And so for me, the tarot and the astrology and these little cycles that are built in are just so helpful because they remind us, they remind us that time, (laughs) at least how we experience it, you know, this kind of linear fashion, time makes it so that, you know, everything isn't going to stay the same. Time ensures the changeability of stuff. So when we pull a nice card, it doesn't mean that I have to give up my dream of having the courage to have a real conversation about controversial issues, about gender on the freaking internets. I can still come back and do that later if I want to. But what I did tonight before drawing this card, this is probably the reason I am drawing this card, Like, I wrenched myself away from the discussions. I looked at it, and I said, this is a pattern I've seen before. Cisgendered white men are trying to tell me what to think about (laughs) issues that really don't have anything to do with cisgendered white men. It's not their issue, but they have a, you know, there's an orthodoxy. The dogmatic position you're supposed to take and, uh, you know, I realized, like, wow, the, the triggers that this is bringing up for me, the buttons that are being pushed, don't even have to do with what anybody believes. It has to do with the dogma itself. The idea of there being an orthodox way of, you know, being a liberal or progressive person right now. You have to believe everything the same way as everybody else. Ew, not my thing. So I really had trouble stepping away. I used some technology to set up a block so I can't access Facebook easily for a couple days. And I turned off my computer much earlier than I normally would. I was like, yeah, I don't actually have to do this to myself. And I started this very nice process awkward at first, but just the process of like trying to get this thing from eating my whole brain and my whole life. 
I cooked. I washed dishes. For me, these are soothing. Getting my hands in something sensual and real. I listened to my menfolk playing a game nearby while I started a batch of sourdough bread. And eventually tamed the brain a little bit. You know, I got all revved up here doing the podcast because, hey, I'm talking about the issues again. But so there was like a transition that I had to initiate to get from the, you know, conflict, swords, brain, air element part of me, Facebook landia, and come on over to my body. Come on over to the joy of music and cooking, getting your hands wet and dirty and hugging people you love. So if you're having that problem, I have all sorts of sympathy. From my experience, it's a little like grief where you can look away from it for a while and do something joyful and different, and then it'll just boom, come back and get you. And that's okay. That's okay. It's just, you know, maybe it's not okay. It is what it is, though. It's going to be there. And our four of wands energy is within us. And we have to initiate. Sometimes we have to be the ones who make it happen. Like tonight, me recognizing, like, I'm so deep in this stuff. I don't want to be in it all the time. You know, I want to do the right thing and I want to be courageous and I want to engage. But you know what? Fuck this. (laughs) It's this wonderful little survival mechanism. So in that case, um, and I went and I like did exercises uh, with my son. It was really fun. Got it right in my body. So in that case, nobody strolled by me with violin. And made me go, oh, listen to the violin. Maybe I'll dance. You know, I had to recognize, like, I'm just living in this mental place of electronic digital bullshit. And if I don't want it to eat me alive, I better turn it off. So then I would have the option of invoking the Four of Wands or even just kind of keeping my eyes open so that if something happy, creative joyful, embodied, bodily comes along. I have enough space in my senses and my brain that I can be here and go like, yeah, let's do that thing. (laughs) Even if it's something small, like I made these um, uh, Turkish figs in port, which I haven't done in a very long time. It doesn't have to be a full-on like orchestra in your house and you're dancing the ballet, you know? It can be making some food. But that return to the body, I think, is really joyful. If you can engage with other people and let your creativity flow, you can write the score, you can read the score, you can ignore the score. The musical score is there. And this is our opportunity to, to jump in and have some fun. And maybe it, you know, extract ourselves from things that are petty or are just conflicted and awful, even if they're still important. If they rule us and destroy our lives, then somebody else wins. It's not us who wins that. 
I think every activist has certainly faced that one down many, many times throughout our lifetimes. So we have permission from the universe, which has given us this card tonight, the Four of Wands. We have permission to have fun. We have permission to look for joy. We have permission to sing off key if necessary. And I hope that we will all do something along those lines. I would love to hear what you end up doing in the next week. This, I mean, you know, it could be you buy some flowers and arrange them. It could be you go out dancing. I don't know. What is it that you do that's not just kind of passive, look at a screen version of Joyful? What do you guys do? Please let me know. Uh, send an email to burningtarot at gmail.com. And just tell me about one or two delight moments, joy moments that you let in in the next week. And let's make it extra fun uh, of everybody who writes in. I will, how will I do it? I will print them up on like little strips of paper and I will pull one out of a hat. So if you write in and tell me what you're doing for joy, uh, you could win a free tarot reading with yours truly, T. Tiffany Lee Brown of Burning Tarot. That sounds fun. Woohoo! It's a contest, you guys. It's very serious business. Now you have to have fun and you have to write about it. Gosh. Gosh, you gosh darn it. All right, that's your assignment. I'm T. TiffanyLeeBrown.com. This is Burning Tarot.